Hey peeps, it's me, Christine, and I want to share with you a game-changing product that has improved my sleep and daily health. So let's dive in. You all know through my journey, I have struggled with sleep, being afraid of it, not getting quality sleep, and not being able to regulate my temperature throughout the night. I definitely learned the hard way, but sleep matters big time. It's when your muscles repair, your brain detoxes, and your body can work on cellular renewal. We just can't afford to miss out on an adequate amount of high-quality sleep, which is kind of hard when you have a rare disease. There's not much that I control in this real life, but one of the easiest and most effective ways to get better sleep every single night is through temperature regulation. Studies actually prove cooler temperatures lead to a deeper, more restful sleep, and that insomniacs actually lack this natural drop in core body temperature, which is what keeps them up at night. Personally, I run hot. This means that even if my room is super cold, I wake up in a pool of sweat, uncomfortable, changing my clothes several times throughout the night. It's frustrating for obvious reasons, and this is why I was so relieved to discover this transformative products from Chili. The Cube from Chili Sleep is a system that fits right over the top of your mattress and uses water to control the temperature of your bed, which helps lower your internal temperature and triggers deeper, relaxing sleep. Since water has 30 times more thermal conductivity than air, these systems are a lot more effective than just cranking up the AC. I mean, I keep my house at 65, so it has to be true. Ever since I started using the Cube system, I've noticed I fall asleep a lot faster, sleep deeper, and wake up feeling fully rested. (laughs) Now, my wife is not a polar bear like me and likes to sleep a little bit warmer, so I love that we can each have our own temperatures on either side of the bed. Chili products can range between 55 and 115 degrees. Right now, Chili is offering my audience a really great deal. When you go to chilisleep.com backslash findyourrare20, you get 20% off the Cube All Sleep Systems with Find Your Rare 20. Sleep is something we could all use more of, and we can all take small steps towards getting better sleep to improve our life in big ways. I hope you'll check out the Chili Sleep System and see why I love their product so much. Hey peeps, welcome back to another episode of Because We Are Strong. This week, we are sitting down with Riley, who was diagnosed in utero as a spina beautiful. Riley is using her experience to move mountains and show others how powerful adaptive beauty really is. I'm your host, Christine, so let's dive in. This is the Because We're Strong podcast, where we sit down every week to get your stories and insight on how to navigate this rare life. You can expect everything real and raw in the hopes that your story, along with ours, helps another person who is dealing with a similar rare struggle. So grab your favorite drink, a comfy blanket, and buckle in, because rare disease isn't for the faint of heart. Welcome, Riley. Um, I'm so happy to have you on the show. Thank you for having me. Riley, could you tell our listeners a little bit about what spina bifida is, what it is for you, and kind of your rare journey? Sure. Spina bifida is a um disability that affects everyone differently there's three different types but spina means spine um and it also means there's a um deformity in the 
um, different parts of the spine that connects to your brain in different parts of your body. So for mine, mine is myelomeningocele, and that is the worst kind, but is also the most common, which is very interesting. Um, so for me, that means I'm in a wheelchair. I um, use it every day, all day, every day, and I can't feel my legs. I also um, have issues with the bowel and bladder area, and I have a VP shunt that drains excess fluid from my brain because people with spina bifida have a lot of fluid on the brain, which also can contribute to a lot of the brain issues we have. And for me, that means I have a slight mental delay and I have, some people can have ADHD. Um, I think I have a slight diagnosis of that. I'm pretty sure. Um, I am dyslexic in math. Like I have calcolexia. Um, I did not learn how to multiply till I was in 10th grade. I can't do basic math off the top of my head, which means I struggled a lot in school, which is very common. I have a friend who has the same degree of this, of this disability, but she can walk. She can feel one of her legs. She can run marathons. It's very rare, but it affects the most people, if that makes sense. We have a lot of surgeries. I spend a lot of my childhood in the hospital. Half of my um, ninth grade year was in the hospital. Half of my senior year was in the hospital um, with surgeries. I've had 12 plus surgeries. Some of them are doubled um, from the same surgery, but we tend to have a lot of surgeries. Wow. Um, I think it's, you said you had like 10 surgeries in total, right? Yeah, like somewhere around there. It, it was a lot. I lost <laughs> count after. That's, I mean, that's crazy. When was your most recent surgery? Um, in 2018, my, it's called a off where you catheterize to relieve your bladder. Mine decided it was going to close out of nowhere. And that's actually very normal because it's a man-made hole. So your body is always attacking it. Every surgery we've ever had, our body is constantly attacking that area because it's, something happened to it. And her body is still functioning as if it was a typical person, which I did not know that could happen. So I had to have emergency surgery. I all of a sudden became an adult um, because it had to be treated as if I was an adult. It was that serious. And they had to create a bladder sling to hold my bladder in case that ever happened again so that I... So I didn't get a kidney infection. Um, and that was a long journey. That took about six months to get to that surgery point. In and out of the emergency room, it, it was very intense. Um, they had to do reconstructive surgery from having a Foley catheter because that caused damage because you're not supposed to have it longer than a month. Um, and they had to use my bowel to create a whole new channel 
and a kind of like a balloon in your bladder. It was it was a lot. It was very very intense. One of the that sounds scary, very very intense. It was one of the scariest ones I've ever experienced because I was all of a sudden an adult, so I was alone. How it, old it was, were you? I just turned 18 at the time of the surgery, but they were treating it as if I was pediatric because of my disability. Um, we need pediatric care as an adult, so we were trying to figure out how to make that happen. And my doctor is the top urologist at that hospital, so she was able to like kind of like manipulate the system to make that happen. It kind of backfired on us, but like with her um she tried so hard but like the staff just did not cooperate with her but it, it was it was bad and then other things happened during that surgery to make me stay even longer so literally the entire month of july my entire summer break i was in the hospital that that is crazy um how did you like your parents, I mean, they must have felt so, like, helpless and, like, your support system. What did that look like? They did. It was really hard because um, my dad passed away in 2015 of different cancers. He was a firefighter in our, our town. Um, actually, he was a town hero. So he, it kind of looked like the president was coming Aww. during his funeral because it was so big. It kind of, the best way to describe that situation is if you've ever seen Batman versus Superman, Superman's funeral, that's what that was. That for my town, it was like Superman's funeral. He must so, have been a very special man. He literally the owner of Home Depot came to his funeral. That's how many times you've been to Home Depot. <laughs> this is crazy. All every um, fire station in our region of our state. Um, came, um, he had, it was kind of like, um, they called it kind of like a presidential funeral because he, it was like very, um, probably the funeral he would not want because he's not that type of person. It is a very bougie funeral. (laughs) (laughs) I I love that you just said that, but you know, he sounds like a very special man. And I mean, he has to be pretty dang strong to have raised a daughter like you. So. I am, I am sorry, but, and I do feel like he lives on through you because you are extremely, you know, strong and the like light and positivity that like, you know, radiates from you despite everything, you know, that you have experienced is, is incredible. So your mom was like doing this on her own almost. Yeah. And I have, I have four younger siblings. And, um, well, I have a twin over two years apart, which is crazy. Um, so she plays soccer, so she wasn't even home to be able to, um, be with my siblings during the day. And then my other sister, she, um, was like 16 at the time. So in order for them to stay home at night, my mom would have to go home. So she would have to come like once every three days while I was in the hospital and then go home. So I was literally there alone, probably most of the time. And when one of the bad things happened, like I, I was neglected by one of the nurses and it caused me to get a very, very bad 
um, pressure sore on my tailbone to the point where that was a whole nother surgery in itself. And I do that like literally by myself and they actually had me stay awake because it was on my tailbone and they needed to be able to ask questions. But because my mom wasn't there, they had asked me. Mm -hmm. So I stayed awake and the anesthesiologist probably should not be an anesthesiologist. The resident that was debriding that wound, which is now a stage four wound that heals eventually, she stuck the needle into the IV and stuck it out the other side of the vein. And oh, God. You can still see where she did that. So now I can't get blood work in that hand, which kind of sucks. And then blood work is not easy. Yeah. And um, so now I have to deal with that still years late like two plus years later i'm still trying to get help about the bad stuff that happened because if if that nurse would have did her job and did what she was supposed to i would have been able to go home three days after my surgery wow that's how i was healing from the other surgery and so when i had that wound my urologist that did the other surgery she even came in on her day off just to make sure I was okay and make sure people were checking on me every hour. And because of all that happening, I now do what I do on Instagram and my hospital started a research project because of me. Which wow. I just found out. That's, a, well, and that's, so, I'm sorry you had to go through that for like advocacy and change to happen, but mm-hmm. I do think, right. So I don't know why, right? Like that happened specifically to, um, you know, you or why anything like, right, happens. But I do believe, right, like that we've got, we get this unique chance to advocate or to um, decide that we're not going to be quiet any longer and people are going to know our story so it doesn't happen again. And I think you know, that's what you're doing. Could you tell us a little bit about your advocacy work? Sure. So what I do on Instagram, which I just started recently, is I do disability pride videos to shed light on disabilities because um, this one TikTok sound, just I know TikTok, big craze. I um, heard one day the TikTok sound where it was like disability is not a bad word. And so I decided I was going to find people with disabilities, all kinds, not just finding business, and ask them very basic questions to start out with, because um, that could be a little hard sometimes. Yeah. Like, um, what does disability pride mean to you? What does it mean to have disability pride? To show all of these disabilities, to show there's one thing in common, that we're not afraid of our disability and we're not afraid to answer questions. We're not afraid to show what we look like because it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad word. It's very cool that actually is catching on pretty quickly to where people are starting to want to do it more and more and more people are wanting to do it on their own, which is really cool. And it opened up opportunities where gamut management, which they manage, um, only people with disabilities and they do runway of dreams. Um, yes, love out, them. They reached out to me and they want to work with me. And um, Mindy asked me to join a club at our local 
um, school, Kent State, which I go to for my day program to teach sign language and learn life skills for myself, um, called Different Academy. We, um, we were talking and she's like, you should really join this club. And I, it actually came up on my suggestion on Instagram. And now I am a part of their club to have fashion shows in our area with people with disabilities from students who are majoring in fashion with the focus of disability. And um, I will be on a panel for them as well because I'm the only person with a disability in that club um, to help them out. And I will possibly be in the fashion show. And I also um, got the opportunity to model for an up-and-coming fashion designer in L.A. named Karen Grisham. She's making jewelry called Clip Andra, where it's all jewelry that clips onto you. Everything clips on. It could be in your hair. Like today I have it on my shirt. Um, it could be on your shoulder, it could be on it could be a bell, it can go on your boots, it can go on mittens, like it's so cool. And it's going to help so many people with dexterity issues. And people are really like this is gonna be amazing. And it actually ties with the um self advocacy I'm doing with my hospital. Um, because of the research project they started because of me. I am going to be um, helping them make transitions from pediatrics to adults a lot easier because mine was a hot mess and um, make it so that people specifically with spina bifida because it is so rare. Nobody goes into it um, when they go to medical school, which is really sad because we didn't live past 16, probably... 40 plus years ago, around that time is when we started to live longer. Um, now it's like, like you can live clear in your 90s. Like it's the average lifespan. Before it was, you didn't live past 16 because they didn't have the technology they have now to take care of you and perform your surgeries, but you always need pediatric care because your disability is so rare. And anything can happen at anything, any given moment with it. It goes from zero to 100 very fast. And so I'm, with all of the other things I'm doing, with that project at my hospital, I'm going to be helping the pediatric patients go to the adult clinic and have them have doctors that are familiar with their disability, familiar with who they are, so that they're getting the same care that they've always gotten their entire life. This is very stressful when you go to the hospital and all of a sudden they're like, oh, well, you don't have an A anymore. Oh, you're not going to do art therapy. You're not going to do this. You're not going to do that. It's very, very stressful on top of having a disability and being alone. So it's very um, important to me to, to, do, to do this so that they the younger generations get the same care because of what I went through. I didn't get to have that, so I want them to have that. I love and that. On top of that, I will be talking to Case Western University 
um, to get doctors who want to work with spina bifida people with the focus of spina bifida people. Only. Because nobody goes into it. You're right. And I think, honestly, I, I love everything you're doing. You're taking your experience and you're making it powerful. And, you know, you're right. The transition between um, pediatric care, where we kind of like take care of everything for the kids to then adult care is a very difficult transition that is not done well in hospitals. And I think it takes a strong advocate to, you know, change that. And I love that you're, that you're taking that on. Uh, Riley, if people wanted to connect with you, where could they find you? Right now on Instagram only. Uh, eventually, I will have other things. It's in the works. Um, all lowercase, R-Y underscore makeup underscore 13. Or I have another page. Like if they um, find one page over the other, it's all lowercase r-y-l-e-y underscore f-r-i-t-z and that's where i do all of my pride videos i also post makeup for people with disabilities to get inspired by um i do i do a bunch of stuff on there i love it and as always friends i um went ahead and linked all of those things down in the show notes so that you can easily access them uh riley Thank you so much for being here with us today. Honestly, I can't wait to see all the amazing things that you're going to continue to do. And you have, you know, the support of Rare and our entire Zebra Herd behind you. Um, Thank you uh, for what you're doing and for, you know, showing up, speaking up and, and standing up for what needs to happen. Thank you for having me. As always, thank you to our listeners who tune in every week as we continue to bridge the gap between rare disease and the rest of the world. Until next time, live large and stay rare. Catch us next week for another episode. To continue the conversation about rare disease and all the unknowns that comes with it, join our Facebook group. Want even more rare? Become a VRP member on Patreon and learn more about our stories or how to share yours by visiting bwspod.com.